should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. I'm getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book. You can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Hello and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club Podcast, where we read the book so you don't have to, because vengeance is a dish best served at room temperature. My name is Kevin and I'm joined as always by my co-host Benedict, the spirit of vengeance. Benedict! <laughs> What's your favorite spicy garnish? Ooh, uh... And you know what mine's gonna be. Don't steal it, because we just talked yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you... Um, I think I like a... Well, it depends what you mean by garnish. So, so that's the final term. Any Once sort again. Of, any sort of sauce or addition to a dish after it's been cooked. Okay, so not like spicy. a base for a dish, but no. rather... I mean, okay, sometimes okay. they can be, you know. Well, okay, I've well, that's what I mean. i put Tabasco into a recipe before. Sure, but I mean, I like gojujang as like a bean mm. paste, but that normally is the start rather than to finish a sure, dish. Sure, sure. Um, Although I've slapped some on top of a rice bowl before. Sure, yeah, but that's normally the more ketchupy gojujang, I would say. Mm. You know, there's the paste and the, whatever, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, I get um, it. I, I mean, I like just a, a, a gojugaru, actually. Like, you know, the, mm-hmm. the Korean red pepper flakes? I'm yep. a fan of those. Yep. Um, yeah, let's go with those. Or, okay, it's not spicy, but it does, yeah, I mean, it, it's not spicy, but it, it, it adds a numbing taste is the Sichuan peppercorns. I love okay. the, I love a Sichuan peppercorn. <laughs> You're saying those are not spicy, but 90% of people who have had them are going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Those are absolutely <laughs> spicy. No, they're not, though. They just numb your mouth. Like, they're not actually spicy. They're peppery. Mm. But, you know, it's not a chi- it's not a capsicum heat. It's a, <laughs> it's a peppery numbness. Look, I was planning sense. on making mapo tofu tonight. Hell yeah. <laughs> so I'll be enjoying some this evening yeah. is the plan. What's yours? Uh, oh, mine? I love mapo tofu. Can you send me some? <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it in the mail. <laughs> That's right. Every, you can put that in the mail. Uh, Laogan Ma. There is no okay. substitute. Spicy chili oil. Um, yep. Oh, God, it's so good. I could eat it with a spoon. I could eat yeah. it with a damn spoon. It's so good. It is uh, really good. I made chili wontons, and that's like mm-hmm. the base for the for the sauce, yeah. along with like yeah. um, soy sauce. It's so good. It's funny that a few weeks ago, I think you said to me uh, that you thought you were turning into Jeremy Jam. From and now you are. <laughs> well, I look. I've been talking about all my Asian cooking to <laughs> You've you. You've always been air. Jeremy Jam. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because I, I, it's the flavors I love, man. It really like I love. I'm yet I to buy flavors. a kimono, so that's good. Yep. Yep. Uh, anyways, Ben. You probably know uh, I do. what it is that we do here on this program. Some uh, people might not. We have some new listeners. Hi, folks. Are you trying to throw? Are you trying to throw yourself into my normal intro bit by stealing my line there with other yeah. people down? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> and to them, That's I would it. say, <laughs> this is the show where we go deep. Deep, deep, deep to plumb the depths of right-wing thought by reviewing a chapter from working conservative nonfiction, and in between, 
taking a look at other examples of the right, doing their best to make America hate again. Start us off, Benedict. Do you have a hot take for us this week? I do. Um, I think things in the city should all be 24 hours. And I know that's an anti-worker mm-hmm. take, but it is my only anti-worker take. You know what? Here's the thing, though. That might be a moderately anti-worker take. But yeah. uh, I, ha- I go to a gym uh, that at a certain time, there are no workers in it. It's just, oh really? It, yeah, you just get in with like your key card, okay. and I think I think the thing is like it's like from eleven to like three in the morning or something. And because gotcha. I am someone with an insane sleep schedule who's awake all night, I tend to go to the gym around times like that. So they just like put and on some day on holidays, like the gym will still be open, but there's no one working at it. It's empty. Yeah, I. I- Th- this and it's is a large by gym. My, it's not like my... one of those small gyms where there's just like a couple pieces of equipment. It's a very yeah. large gym. Well, also, I think that it, like if anybody does work outside of normal business hours, they should be paid like massive overtime. So, like, oh, you know, uh, maybe maybe it's not an anti-worker take. Like if you're working at 2 a.m., you should get like 3x the Look, money. You're complaining to me opinion. about things in New York City. Not I know. Being I know. My, my gym I shuts at 7 today. I live in fucking St. Louis. Everything shuts down at 9. My gym shuts at 7 today. Isn't that crazy? Well, it's, for the, I in guess New York it's the day before Easter. So. No, but it's just every weekend shuts at e- 7. Really? Anyway, yeah, that yeah, it's weird. weird. It does feel weird. You know, and I'll- then I was also, I was in Chicago recently, and like the restaurants were shutting at 8. I was like, this is America's allegedly second city. I okay. know it's not really. But Chicago, but like, here's the thing. Chicago has 4 a.m. bars. That's true, yeah. Which that's most true. of the rest of the world doesn't. Most of the rest well, of the world bars shut at 2 a.m. New York does. New York um, has 4 a.m. bars too? Mm-hmm. I didn't know yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, it's the Irish bars. It's wherever the Irish <laughs> bars are, there are 4 a.m. bars. See, 4 a.m. Uh, bars need to exist for bar staff to go drink after they get done. That's true, their yeah. That's true. Um, <laughs> where did the 4 a.m. bar staff go? They, they're just drunk all night. <laughs> Denny's. <laughs> yeah, Denny's. They go drinking at Benny's. Uh, <laughs> what's your hot take, anyway? I've heard uh, enough of mine. My hot take this week. Uh, as a foodie that I am, uh, lover uh, of, of dining and, and food and all things uh, culinary, most fine dining hype is bullshit. Yeah, I actually agree with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to be, I used to be a big fr- a fine dining guy, um, as you can probably tell by my voice. But <laughs> um, <laughs> no, the uh, yeah, I think I think a lot of it, like, uh, uh, well, for the, for a start, the last two times we've been to a fine dining restaurant, my wife has literally thrown up during the meal. <laughs> so. She's like, there's too much foam. Her body doesn't know what to expect. Like, it's it's all a lot. You know, there, uh, are, there are like establishments, like the the remember the restaurant we went to in DC. Um, yeah, like a steakhouse. Yeah, right, like, right. Uh, like like that. Like that's just it's expensive. That's just a nice restaurant. It's just yeah. a nice restaurant. But like, fine. The idea of fine dining is something that is is very dumb. And uh, it came to mind because there was like a, a meme going around of like, here's the most popular, uh, here, here's the, the dish, the food that represents this state. And for California, they chose the French laundry. Oh, I saw that. And everyone was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, it, it's Cal- California. We're known for our sourdough bread and our avocados. And there are actual well, San foods Francisco's you could have chosen. San Francisco is known for sourdough bread. I don't think LA is, right? Like- sure, but San Francisco is is to me California because I'm a Northern Californian, not a Southern mm-hmm. California. You could have gone gone with Californian style Mexican food, right? There's yep. any number of things you could have chosen, but you went with Thomas Keller. 
the yep, French, French Laundry, baby. A, a, a restaurant that you know the top one costs a thousand dollars to go to. Yeah. <laughs> Just makes no goddamn sense to me, and it pissed me off. And I wanted to bring up how angry that made me, even though. Yeah. Uh, when I lived in Berkeley, I did go to the Alice Waters restaurant uh, that is in Berkeley, uh, which is fantastic. But that is a much more grounded uh, uh, dining establishment than the French Laundry is known for being. Uh, which one's that, Chez Panisse? Yes, Chez Panisse, which okay. was uh, right down the street from where I lived. Uh, that place oh, really? over, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, well, it was a block up and a couple blocks over, but uh, it wasn't wasn't far. Anyways, Benedict. <laughs> Uh, on to housekeeping this week. Uh, remember to rate and review us on the iTunes. Follow us on the social medias at NYGBCPod on Twitter and at NYGBCBen. And updates, uh, not really an update, but letting people know what's going on today. So Benedict and I have, for the first time in a while, well, okay, Benedict mm. takes vacations all the time. That is well known. Mm. Uh, which causes me uh, stress. But. Okay, it causes you stress because you forget that I'm taking vacations. <laughs> Because I'm bad at looking at my calendar yeah. at a time. Uh, but I am taking my first vacation since law school, really, uh, coming insane. up. Uh, so in April and in May, uh, I actually have two times I'm going to be out of town. And Benedict is also going on vacation as well. So we are back here at, uh, at the beginning of May, or the beginning of April, rather, uh, right now, as we sit here recording, long before you will hear these. Uh, getting some pre-recorded episodes out of the way for when we'll be on vacation. And as longtime listeners know, when we do a pre-record, it tends to be a Prager roulette. Uh, mm. Because that is much easier to put together in the reduced time that we have to do it than a normal episode would typically be. So, uh, we are here with a Prager roulette episode today. That also means because we're recording ahead of time, I don't have any inductees into the spooky world, new world order. Blah, but... If you would like to, I mean, you can all, who are listening right now, just uh, consider yourself a part of our... I didn't have it open to play the audio. New world, spooky world, order. <laughs> <laughs> Lack Nailed of it. preparation pays off there. Nailed it. Spot on impression. Spot Thank on impression. Do you even Thank remember you. where that comes from? Do you remember It's the Glenn Beck, uh, George Soros thing. Right. Right, but it yeah. was, yeah. I mean, I remember the specific moment. I remember what oh, was no, happening no, on I, screen. I, he fucked up the transition, and then yeah, like, I remember that. It. That's basically <laughs> it, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, New World, uh, spooky new... He tried to say spooky New World Order and fucked it up, yeah. is what happened. Oh, surprisingly, Glenn Beck, not very good at his job. Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but with all that out of the way, Benedict... Get your deck better. Fucking hell. One single mention of the balloon. Here's hoping that the tiny laptop I play clips from survives through the episode. Otherwise, mm -hmm. we're going to be in some trouble today. Oh, okay. It's going to be me doing an impression of <laughs> Dennis Prager just going, Now I'm not Christian. <laughs> yeah, send, we know. I'm going to send you a transcript and we're going to have you read <laughs> all of our Prager new videos today. <laughs> Okay. So, as people know, I like to do a theme with Prager Roulette episodes, uh, and uh, today, so we're, we're actually trying to record two episodes today, so that's what's going on. Uh, mm -hmm. So the theme for these two uh, episodes that we're doing today is the return to Prager With a U. V. What? With a V. R-E-T-V-R-N. You know, like all the return <laughs> accounts? That's not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> we have to go back. <laughs> 
So uh, we are today focusing entirely on PragerU because the last, I don't know, dozen Prager Roulette episodes or however many we've done have been primarily other videos that I found across the internets. Uh, and I realized when I went to put today's episode de uh, together that we haven't really looked at new PragerU videos in a while. We've sort of been ignoring them, uh, and I felt like... We've we've gone away from our PragerU purism roots yeah. and expanded into, like, alt PragerU and, like, <laughs> new PragerU. Prager new, if you will. Prager just... new! God damn it! We need to sell them that branding. <laughs> we need to copyright and sell them that branding. Yeah, because it would have the umlauts on and everything. They'd love it. <laughs> Sounds much better than the original German. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I went through what was probably, I didn't count, but probably like the 30 newest or so PragerU videos, um, and Benedict, it would surprise you not very much to learn that they're kind of getting lazy over there at PragerU. Uh, they're not appearing to put in the effort, full stop. Uh, not that they, That makes sense. Not that they really ever did, but I just wanted to tell you about what sort of is going on over there. At PragerU, for one thing. So, they appear to have a series going on right now covering the U.S. presidents. Okay. And, uh, uh, I mean, starting from Washington, uh, for some reason, at some point, skipping all the way ahead to uh, FDR, um, and then going back to the original numerical order they were in. <laughs> so They got so mad about the New Deal that they were like, I can't wait, I need to skip ahead. Yeah, and, and right now, uh, it appears that they have gone all the way up to our 10th president, which is, of course, Benedict. Ooh, uh, I don't know, Andrew Jackson? Mm, no, no, John Tyler. You are close, okay. though. Jackson was yeah, number no, seven, it's no. so it's you're not that okay. far off. John Tyler, the 10th U.S. president. Um... We're not going to be watching those videos today. Okay. Uh, I did pick... We could do those as patrons, though. The That'd Andrew Jackson video is in the rotation for today's episode. So, uh, I, that was the only I'm one I thought... I'm looking, looking forward to old murdering Jack. Yeah, the only one I thought might be interesting. They also okay. appear to have a series going on right now of John Yu and others covering the Constitution, okay. uh, which I am... Mm. Sorry, John Yu mm. terrorism, uh, not terrorism. Uh, torture. <laughs> John Yu torture apologist. Torture yeah. apologist. John Yu yeah. covering. Uh, who was in the uh, who, who was in the New York Times defending Clarence Thomas today? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, to be fair, he is a lawyer, not a <laughs> yeah. good one, but he is a lawyer. So. Yeah, he is also funded by the crows. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> he's so he's not the only one they have in that little series. Uh, covering uh, uh, the Constitution. But the other great trend... <laughs> Doesn't say you can't torture in the Constitution, guys. <laughs> you know There's what? no mention of torture. That would technically be correct that those words do not appear in the Constitution. No, uh, we will see what he has to say about it. But the other trend, of course, that they appear to have been on recently, well, sort of a combined trend of two things. One, attacking trans people, uh, mm. which we're not going to do. Um, I've said before I don't do any PragerU or other, you know... It's so lumped into everything we do. The right is is just so disgustingly focused in their hate on trans people uh, that I don't need to go seek out individual videos that are just independently directly attract attacking trans people. You know, as the main subject. It's um, also like it it it, it you know. 
it yeah. forces forces for, i mean it just means you're having the conversation on their terms which is like f- fundamentally a bad place to yeah. be like yeah, my, my response to anti-trans hate is go fuck yourself fuck you i, yeah. I don't give a shit i don't give yeah. a shit go we're not gonna yourself. play those what i mean you know we play plenty of bad words but that's that's a particularly yeah uh and the one, other so. thing that they appear to have been doing recently is um getting on the woke train about a year late <laughs> you guys heard about this woke stuff literally they have some videos that that could basically be the title i mean it's like what's the deal with woke is basically the gist of some of these videos. am i awake am i asleep what's the deal <laughs> it's some really good stuff and i'm kind of excited about it so we have today, I have uh, ready to go, queued up, about 16 videos. Not all oh, of those are going to be done on this that one episode. That is too many. Well, like I said, we're trying to do two episodes today. So they're going to be gotcha. split between this episode and the next episode we're going to do. Cool. But Benedict, 16, and don't you dare pick right in the middle. I'm not going to count to the fucking middle of the 16 with my tiny little tabs on the little computer. So take a pick. What'll you have? Two. <laughs> okay. Good choice. <laughs> Thank you. So number two. This is a video video entitled "The Real Climate Crisis." Oh, good! Mm, All and, right, and it is delivered by Alex Epstein, um, which is a name that rings a bell for me, but I don't recall where from. So okay. let's jump right into it and find out what the real climate crisis is. The world faces a serious crisis, one that will ruin whole economies and lead to suffering and death. The crisis is related to climate change but not in the way you're probably thinking. Pause it. It's the global... Mm-hmm. Sorry, just just for context for our listeners, because I didn't know who this guy is, so I Google. Sometimes I Google things while you're playing Yes, things. all the time. Um, very occasionally. This uh, this man has written a book called, and I shit you not, The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels. Ah! So what I imagine, if I had to guess, I'm going to say that this man is going to say, and really I know nothing about this, but I bet that his argument is going to be along the lines of the economy is fueled by fossil fuels. Mm -hmm. And as such, we have a moral responsibility to people who work in coal mines and oil rigs and blah, 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 that we have to keep using fossil fuels so these people don't get left behind. Yeah. It may not be that. But that is definitely an argument that they will use. Let's see. Well, yeah. Also, I will point out. You know how uh, Prager you and the the new right, uh, the Noya right, as they would mm-hmm. say, uh, are are so opposed to elitism. Alex Epstein, graduate of Duke University, mm. uh, went to Duke Law. Or no, not Duke Law. I'm sorry. He just was on the Duke Review. I thought that said Law Review. Um, and then from 2004 to 2011, was a fellow at the Ayn Rand Institute. Yeah, and now now works for the uh, Center for Industrial Progress. So. Yeah, yep. A a for profit think tank, which I didn't realize <laughs> you, existed. What does that mean? <laughs> it's just a that newspaper. just means they're for sale. <laughs> Doesn't that just mean they're for sale? <laughs> it is an opinion piece. Like it is. That's all it is. Energy crisis. Okay, so global energy crisis is the real crisis. Okay. You know how sure. we're in the middle of a global energy crisis that is in no okay. way caused by fossil fuels, as we talked mm-hmm. about extensively with Alex Jones' yep. book. No, no, <clears throat> no, it caused by the finite supply of fossil fuels. Yep. Yeah, not like that's a problem. Not, not like that fossil fuel supply can be cut off at any time by the whim of the literal cartel that runs it. Uh, yep. But no, it's, it's in fact uh, green energy that's causing an energy crisis. Mm-hmm. A man-made crisis? 
created by climate change policies. These policies have led to a shortage of fossil fuels, oil, coal, and natural gas, the fuels that provide over 80% of the world's energy. Um, you want to take a guess, Benedict, just a guess, mm -hmm. as to whether uh, global production of coal, oil, and natural gas has increased or decreased over the last 50 years. Oh, over the last 50 years, increased. Yes, sure. yes, as a matter of yeah. fact. You know yeah. how all those... Now, they would probably argue, yeah, but uh, climate policies didn't let us increase them as fast as, as it could have. And they're just dum-dums. Yeah. They're just dum-dums. Because we've never really had climate policies go into effect in this country. Or this world, as a matter of fact. No, there aren't until, any countries that have extreme, uh, until literally like this year. If there, yeah, there are like, like a handful of countries yeah. that have instituted a climate policy. Uh, like, yeah, like five minutes well, ago. Well, the, um, I mean, the U.S. one that went through that has all the green energy subsidies, but even that's not climate policy, really. No, I it mean, doesn't restrict use of any fossil fuels in no. any sort of way. It's just trying to encourage people to use green energy, which is... Which is great. Which is good. good. It's not, it's not enough. It's definitely not enough, but... No, but it's a start. It's better than nothing, you know? That's, yeah. that's the world we have to live in, where better than nothing is what we have to go on. A shortage of anything leads to higher prices. That's just basic economics. Fossil fuel. Or, or, hear me out on this, uh, those shortages can be artificially in, uh, uh, induced by the companies who stand to benefit by the inflation in those prices. Yeah, for example, Saudi Arabia is capping their oil production. Yeah, right that now. was what I was about to just like, bring up. <laughs> yeah. Countries can be like, hey, we're not getting paid enough for this. Let's reduce it. Like, yeah, no shit. It's fun when we both get the same New York Times breaking news alert. <laughs> I am so just we, widely informed, Kevin. Uh -huh. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh -huh. Fuel shortages have led to higher energy prices. And because the energy industry powers every other industry, this has led to higher prices of almost everything everywhere. We are already All at once. <laughs> he hated that movie, I'm sure. Uh, For sure. But, you know, we obviously, we have this with Alex. We had it with Glenn Beck, where they all insist that these are just prices be, you know, Price increases being passed on to the consumer. Um, I will bring up that the recent uh, uh, chicken uh, disease issue that occurred in the United States and drove chicken up Chicken disease? Do you mean bird flu? Bird flu. <laughs> I couldn't think of what the disease was exactly, so I was like, hey, chickens got sick. There was a the chicken disease. The recent chicken disease. You know, the chickens got sick. Um it was recently reported uh, that the main ma uh, egg manufacturers in the United States saw their profits increase dramatically mm. during the time of that. Uh, people crisis. got. Do you remember? People got so mad at me when I said that companies were price fixing with inflation as an excuse. Mm. Yeah. I like three people, more than three. Some people wrote us reviews being like, "This idiot doesn't understand basic economics." Who's the idiot now, dickhead? I mean, still you, but also that. Yeah, but still for different <laughs> reasons. Seeing <laughs> the consequences. Inflation. Inflation spares no one, but those who live paycheck to paycheck suffer the most. Every Okay, inflation spares the ultra-wealthy, because they don't give a fuck. <laughs> inflation spares the capitalists. You, you, you Let me tell that, you that right now. You think that uh, the guy who uh, flowed uh, Clarence Thomas on his private jet cares that eggs briefly went to $8 a dozen? You think well, that jet guy fuel cares? Got, jet fuel probably got pretty expensive. Kevin. Oh, I'm sure he suffered. I'm sure he had to put off purchase of one some of his Hitler memorabilia uh, <laughs> to briefly 
afford his uh, buying a Supreme Court justice. Mm -hmm. yeah. Every purchase becomes a major decision. Inflation in the U.S. in 2022 was around 8%. In the U.K. By the way, this guy, Alex, Alex Epstein, grew up in fucking Chevy Chase, Maryland. Cool. And worked for the Ayn Rand Institute. I don't believe he cares about the little guy. I was working in Chevy Chase, Maryland recently. Huh? I was I was in I was in and around that area recently, around DC. I was about to say you were in DC. Right? If you're in yeah. DC, you're around Chevy Chase. It's it's yeah, a yeah. fucking fifteen minute drive. Maybe yeah. like it depends on traffic. Anyways, yeah, ten percent, and in many developing countries, much higher. The leading driver of this inflation has been the cost of energy. Mm -hmm. Deadly winters. Contrary to popular belief, far more people die from cold than heat. God, we've heard that exact line before, haven't we? Yeah, maybe uh, it'll be good when global warming comes along and less people <laughs> freeze to death. That oh, was Glenn yeah. Beck's okay. argument in the alternative to yep. climate change being fake. His alternative argument was more people die from cold, so warm is a good thing. Uh -huh. <laughs> I love that one. I really do love that one. That's really great. That's really... it's. It's nothing if not creative. I'll give them that. I'll give them yeah. that it's creative. It's but true. it's total bullshit. Yeah. I mean, it may be Saving true, but, like, that's not the point. Yeah, absolutely. Lives from the danger of cold requires low-cost, reliable energy. Without it, people on the margins can't adequately heat their homes during the harsh winter months. Even in wealthy Europe, literally thousands will die for lack of energy. Um... Thousands of people dying of the cold in Europe. I doubt, I doubt that if that number is accurate, that those are people who um, have homes. Yeah. I think he's referring to the homeless. Well, I mean, it may be true because I, but like, well, I, I mean, he didn't give a time frame. Not, he didn't say per year. So, <laughs> okay. and also like, unfortunately, it, like it's often like, old people who don't have anyone to check on them or look after that them. is true so, like that is true but thousands see i assumed it was a per year number that was my that was my okay mistake. yeah i don't Assuming know that he was. was being genuous and trying to make a reasonable argument on a thing that was my problem mm -hmm. widespread job losses when energy prices increase dramatically industries scale back or shut down altogether as the wall street journal reports Europe's energy crisis has left few businesses untouched. Hey, man, again, uh, why is Europe in an energy crisis? Can you give me a couple of reasons? Is it because of green energy? Or is it because they can't get enough oil because a country is not letting them have it? Because Russia invaded Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. That's, the thing. yeah. that's why. That's why. Well, it's. I mean, the, the other reason is... Um, like supply chains and COVID stuff, like that's that's another. Sure, part that's of it. an like, element, but we all know that a primary part of this is literally the Ukraine war. It's yeah. ridiculous to me that no one has addressed Alex. Okay, to be fair, Alex was dumb enough to address it and think that he had countered that that was a major part of it. Yeah, but nobody else seems to want to address. You know, I'm done with this guy. Yeah, he sucks. Also, he sounds like he smokes two packs a day, and that's just mm -hmm. annoying me right now. But not in the way that I sound like I smoke two packs a day, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I yeah, have yeah. the not in, the, not in a cool way. No, he just sounds like he's struggling to breathe. All right, that brings us down to 15 videos, Benedict. Which okay. one will you have? Seven. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Let me see. One, two, three. Here we are. 
so this video, it, you picked the Andrew Jackson video. Oh no! How lucky are you? Yeah, how, how lucky. lucky are you? Um, Andrew, uh, Andrew Jackson, Andrew Genocide Jackson. Let's go. Yes, and this one is delivered to us by Alan Guelzo. Uh, okay. That's who's given us this uh, uh, this one. I don't know who that is. I'm sure you'll Fine. Google it. No American president has been more beloved and holy shit. That's a that, voice. That's. I mean, that is a uh, that is a audible voice. That is yes, and that is a posh voice. That yeah, is a that posh is a posh American, American voice. voice. Yeah, reviled than Andrew Jackson, the seventh. Or that's like that's gotta be Massachusetts. That's that's Boston. That's not Boston. That's you know just outside of Boston. You know what I mean? Uh, no, this <laughs> man was born in Yokohama, Japan. So what? Okay, well. Huh. Whatever it is, it's quite the accent. Yeah. Seventh president of the United States. This was as true during his own day as it is in ours. Andrew Jackson was born in South Carolina on March 15th, 1767. He was barely 10 years old when the American Revolution broke out. The war claimed the lives of his two brothers and his mother, leaving Jackson orphaned, alone, and with a bitter hatred for all things British. Okay. That's, I mean... <laughs> Good so far. No problem. I'm wondering if this is going to be just like a child's edition of here's what the seventh president Andrew Jackson was like. This guy was a Princeton professor, so... Yeah, like, and apparently a piece of shit because he's doing a PragerU video. That's all yeah. I need to know to know you're a piece of shit. In time, he would get his revenge. Tall, with sharp features topped by a thatch of red hair, Jackson always made an impression. In 1788, after a brief study of the law, he wangled an appointment as a district attorney in Tennessee, then known as the Southwest Territories, began investing in land and slaves. And mm, mm. You're not supposed to admit that part. No. You're not supposed to admit that part. Maybe this is just going to be a down-the-middle analysis of Andrew Jackson, you know, then murdered a bunch of Native Americans. That <laughs> happens sometimes with PragerU, where, yeah. where it is strange to me that, for example, the one that pops first to my mind is that video we watched. It was like, uh, what caused the Civil War? And yeah. they had like that general from the U.S. Army War College or something. Be like, yeah, it was like, slavery. No, it was slavery. Mostly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, largely, yeah. Occasionally they are. At, I wonder if they might go the route that we've seen before of, well, Andrew Jackson was a Democrat. Maybe. So bad. That might Let's be see. the route. We'll see. And earned an appointment as Major General of the Tennessee Militia. Though he had no formal military training, he was a natural leader. The men under his command would follow him anywhere. And if they didn't, he might hang them. He f Okay! Not great. Nope. Don't know where this is going still, no, but he just see. admitted he hung people for being dicks. Hung his own troops yep. for deserting. Yep. yep. Fought numerous duels. He killed a man, Charles Dickinson, in one. That was Jackson. As Jackson's investments and military reputation advanced, so did his political interests. He served in Congress when Tennessee became a state in 1796, and later briefly a senator. His politics were decidedly Jeffersonian. He believed that owning land was the only real wealth, that industry, commerce, and banking were financial traps that ultimately benefited the rich at the expense of everyone else. Uh, worst person you know just made a good point. Yeah, d not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> in 1812, a new war broke out between the United States and Great Britain. The you know, it's... 
I don't think that you bring that up when you're a raw, raw America guy, because let's be honest, America got spanked in that one. No, it was pretty much a draw, but we did burn the White House. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. He burned down the White House. It feels like getting spanked to me. <laughs> no, I mean, nobody really won that war, but it, we did burn down the White I mean, House, which was good. Nobody really won, but one side really lost, though, is the way it feels. <laughs> yeah. The conflict was a disaster in almost every respect for the ill-prepared Americans, but it ended on a high note thanks to Jackson. Sporting the nickname Old Hickory, Hickory being a notoriously hard wood, and commanding a hastily assembled army at New Orleans. Okay, this guy's saucy inflection is really getting me. Yeah. He's really got a little saucy. Jackson was known for his hard woods. Old Hickory. (laughs) Jackson won a terrific victory over a British invasion force in 1815. That victory made Jackson the most celebrated man in America. By 1824, Jackson was ready for a run at the presidency. His two most serious opponents were the Speaker of the House, Henry Clay, and the Secretary of State, John Quincy Adams. Jackson won the popular vote, but did not secure a majority in the Electoral College, which, according to the Constitution, threw the election into the House of Representatives. There, Clay's sudden endorsement of Adams swung the chamber and the presidency to Adams and infuriated Jackson, convinced that Adams and Clay had colluded against him in a corrupt bargain, declared his intention to run again in 1828. Okay, I mean, to be fair, they did collude against him in a bargain. Like, that is exactly what happened. I think we've just stumbled across on accident what you said this might be, which is just a down-the-middle slightly saucy explanation of the basic history of the of career of Andrew, Andrew Jackson. Jackson. He, to be fair, has not mentioned all the genocide. But, not mentioned you know. the, he did mention the slavery, but we he haven't did, gotten yeah. to him being president yet. Do you want to see a little more or do you want to skip on past this one? Uh, I think I'm done. All but, right. All right. All right. To that guy. All right. Let's, uh, let's end that one. That leaves us with 14 videos. Which one will you have next? Uh, 14. Okay. Thank who you. can you between this and the next episode can you find out who did their fdr one the fdr i mean i i have it right there are set so here's the thing there are a bunch of fdr um videos that have no but like from that series well that's the thing is i don't know which one is canon in the series because there's uh, about okay. four ish videos uh so let me just tell you uh blah 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 there it is uh so there are two that i have right in front of me one is by amity schlaes Okay. I'm guessing Shay- that's how that's pronounced. Okay. S-H-L-A-E-S. Uh, the other one is by Arthur Herman. So okay. that's that's what you got to deal with there. Uh, so you said video number 14. That's the last yeah. one on the list. And that is uh, the Constitution, a nation of states. And it is presented by Kurt, Kurt Lash. Kurt okay. Lash is who this is presented by. Let's All see. Right. See what he has to say. The first half of the Constitution, Articles 1, 2, and 3, discuss the powers of the three branches of the national government. The Mm -hmm. second half of the Constitution, Articles 4 through 7, discuss the relationship between the national government and the states. These four articles don't get the attention of the first three, but that doesn't mean they're any less important. They are a lot less important, though. (laughs) 
That's the thing. Also, haven't a lot of the amendments been to do with the articles four through seven, where they've just been like, ah, no. You know that you can you can say that doesn't make them less important. Oh, they're in the same document. That would be like me saying it's you know the introduction uh, of Alex Jones's book is less important than the text because it is because yeah. it just is because the acknowledgments page uh, of of the book the footnotes, is less important than for example the book. <laughs> i mean the footnotes are important especially the footnotes in alex jones's yeah. book uh, that's not to say that some of these things obviously don't have uh, you know real, real meaning uh, but we know the argument he's trying to make here right we absolutely know what the argument is he's mm-hmm. trying to make he's trying to make the uh, states, states over the federal so government states rights yeah. states rights states rights to yep. what motherfucker but you know yep Let's take a closer look. First, Article 4. When America won the Revolutionary War, the former English colonies became free and independent states, almost as if they were separate countries. But when those states later voted to ratify the federal constitution, they became part of an indestructible union of states. Under Pause it. So, yeah. Isn't Article 4 the one where the fugitive slave clause is? Uh, you know, let me just tell you, as a lawyer... No lawyer memorizes the Constitution unless they're a dick. So I would have to look it up. I'm pretty sure Article I'm Article Four is the no person held to service or labor in one state under the laws thereof escaping into another one. Mm, I'm uh, let me just see Article Four. Uh, so full faith and so full faith and credit clause is there. The privilege yep. immun- immunities clause is there. Uh, let me just tell you that um, uh, the privilege full faith and credit clause uh, currently the Republican states would like to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Um, because they don't want to uh, have to acknowledge uh, uh, same-sex unions uh, made in other states. Uh, Privileges and Immunities Clause has long ago been basically disregarded by the Supreme Well, that's Court. the. I think that's the one that has the Fugitive Slave Clause in. Let's see. Vermont, At the end. Uh, no person... Yep, you are correct. No person held to slave or labor in one state under the laws thereof, escaping into another shall, in consequence of any law or regulation therein, be discharged from such service or labor, but shall be delivered up upon claim of the party to whom such service or labor may be due. You are correct. It's a bad clause. We should disregard. <laughs> that is a bad clause. But the point I was going to raise is that a lot of people who make this dickhead argument about states' rights... Uh, one thing they don't recognize, a very important thing, just for this point, I think we're going to get to something else they don't recognize in a few minutes, but one thing they don't recognize uh, is that the reason why the Constitution came to, you know, exist is because prior to that, we had another document called the Articles of Confederation. Yeah. Um, and that, everyone realized, uh, 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 was insufficient and gave too much power to the states. Yeah. That we needed a stronger federal government. That was the yeah, thing. Yeah, that's, that's what the Federalist Papers were about. And um, then a thing came around a little bit later, you know, let's just say mm, late 1800s-ish. Um, and that proved yet again uh, that states could not be trusted. Um, and that caused another giant shift in everything that we call the, you know, the Civil War Amendments. That's the, Do you <laughs> also, ju- just, to, just to note the, the other thing. He was like the first half of the Constitution. Articles one through three is maybe like eighty percent of the text of the Constitution. Oh yeah. And then the the just because it's four articles, they're like a sentence each. Like yeah, article, article four, four has quite a few, but like article seven is literally one sentence. Yeah, article four is like half a page. That's it. You are correct because the Constitution. And article is- four is the longest of the of the of the four as well. 
Yeah, Article 5 is just the amendment process. That's yeah. all that is. Article 6 is debts. It's the debts one. And Article 7 is literally the ratification of the conventions of states. So yeah. it's like there's nothing to them. Yep. That's, wow, he really is going to try and make hay out of all this. All right, let's yep. see how he tries to do it. Uh, yep. Under a common national government, one in which all citizens were granted the same rights. This seems important caveats there important C caveats there C citizens kevin i know said citizens that's the important caveat <laughs> what counts highlight. as a citizen mm, yep obvious to us now but it was new then as article 4 affirms the citizens of each state shall be entitled to all privileges and immunities of citizens in the several states okay so the privileges and immunities clause basically means nothing um it's where we get, and I don't remember if it's the, there are two privileges and immunities clauses, right? There's one in Article 4, there's one in the 14th Amendment. And I always forget from which one we get some actual substance, but the only little bit of substance we get from it, generally, is that you have the right to travel across state lines and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. There is very little afforded to you by merit of the privileges and immunities clause. Very, very little. And a lot of that is because essentially, and I, that's why I'm thinking of, of the uh, 14th Amendment, um, the Supreme Court gutted the meaning of the Privileges and Immunities Clause uh, after the, the Civil War Amendments were passed, the, mm -hmm. the one in the 14th Amendment, um, so as to not have to give rights to black people, is, mm -hmm. is generally why it, it means almost nothing. This gets complicated, as everything did at the time, when the issue of slavery is raised. Section 2 of Article 4 declares that no person held to labor in one state, escaping into another, shall go. be discharged from such labor, but shall be delivered up to the party to whom such labor may be due. This is called the Fugitive Slave Clause, though the term slave is not used. In fact, you can't find the word slave anywhere in the yeah, original Constitution. Everybody knew what it meant, though. That's the thing! <laughs> that Wow, he just stumbled into... This is one of those things we see with PragerU, where it's like, wow, you guys... You guys just don't realize that you're you're shooting yourself in the leg here. Yeah. Um, well, it doesn't say slave. How many Prager what else could it mean? begin with the, the sentence, the word slave doesn't appear anywhere in the Constitution. I can hear that in my head in Dennis Prager's voice. It's a phrase I know he has said. And you're just here shitting all over the guy. The framers were wary about endorsing slavery, even though for political purposes... To keep the southern states in the Union, they permitted it. The, <clears throat> For yeah. political purposes. Like, you know, the fact that most of the founders owned, it, owned slaves. Um, yeah. They just had to keep themselves in the Union? Yeah. Is that what we're talking about here? <laughs> wow, that's fucking lazy trash. As James Madison explained, it would be wrong. James Madison owned any slaves? yep yeah oh so he he was politically approving of slavery to keep himself in the union okay to admit in the constitution the idea that there could be property in men Our wrong to admit he said it would be wrong to admit yeah. it <laughs> to admit it not wrong for it to be a reality wrong <laughs> to admit it jesus article five explains how the constitution can be amended Changing a federal law is simple. It just takes a majority vote in Congress. This happens all the time. 
That used Changing to be true co- until we had an activist Supreme Court. Yeah. It's also uh, when you have a Republican Party that is solely devoted to fascist revenge on their enemies. Yeah, it also makes things difficult. Constitution, however, is much more difficult. It takes a two-thirds majority vote in both the House and the Senate, or a special convention called for by two-thirds of the states. Or as the John Birch Society calls it, a con-con. You don't want to have those con-cons. No, con-con's bad. The proposed amendment must then be ratified by three-quarters of the states. This deliberately difficult two-stage process. I, You know, they always say that, deliberately difficult. Um, and I think that that is a modern-day imposition upon what was, at the time, less difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that a lot of these people say, oh, they meant to make it difficult because the Constitution should, you know, they're, they're just trying to find a way to support their argument that the Constitution should never change and we should be living under rules uh, written by people who thought it was okay to own a human being. That's, yeah. that's where a lot well, of Well, I mean, the, the other thing is, again, slave doesn't appear in the, the word slave doesn't appear, but like there is a, hey, we're going to leave slavery intact for 20 years, like explicitly written into the Constitution. There is also, of course, a line in the Constitution that does reference freed people um, as opposed to, you know, other, other yeah. kinds of people. Um, I forget what the exact wording is, but of course, we're talking about the three, uh, three-fifths clause, you know, not good yeah. stuff ensures that only those amendments with widespread support get to become part of the Constitution. Sure, but we what, what is the thrust of this again? I, I've completely forgotten what his point is supposed to be. He, I Look, we haven't figured that out yet. He, okay. I thought he was going to be arguing for states' rights, but I'm not sure where he's well, going. It's called, it was called the nation of states, right? Yeah, that was that's the, what it yeah, is. Okay. Still don't know where he's going. Article 6 ensures that the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. In other words, every state must obey the Constitution and the laws of the federal government. Before the Constitution was ratified in 1788, the new nation was organized under what were called the Articles of Confederation. There you go, you see, you said it. This governing document proved woefully inadequate. Why was that? Why is he admitting it? Did we accidentally stumble onto another explainer video? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Did you watch these in advance? No, I didn't this time. It had no chief executive, no federal court system, and no ability to collect taxes to support so, the national defense. So, hold defense. on. What, what you're saying is that they needed more federal help. <laughs> mm. Yep. The new Constitution addressed all these problems. Actually, it didn't really... Well, okay, it did allow for collection of taxes, but not... Okay, I, I can see how he can still split hairs and say that it allowed for taxes, even though there was no income tax in the Constitution. I digress. But it did so in a way that preserved the power of the states to control matters of local concern. And this division of go. power between the national government and the states is called federalism. Prior to the adoption of the American Constitution, nothing like it had existed in the history of the world. No nation. I mean, that doesn't mean it's perfect, man. Yeah. It's not perfect. That's the argument you have to get into with conservatives. It's not perfect. It never was perfect. We well, can make it okay. better. That, also, that is such a dumb argument. Nothing like Nazi Germany had existed. True. Like, sure. I mean, maybe fascist Italy. But, like, just because something is the first of something doesn't mean it's good. 
before Genghis Khan, there had been no Mongolian warlord to conquer. There had been you know, no, like... no Mongolian empire. Yeah, okay. <laughs> nothing cool. like it had ever existed. <laughs> before the bubonic plague, nothing <laughs> like it had ever existed. Like, okay. No nation had ever attempted to place these kinds of limits on a central government. For this new federalist system to work, however, states had to agree to be bound by the new constitution and federal law. Of course. Also, I'm not sure that's really true because, like, I don't know. I mean, ancient Rome definitely had, like, states that it was beholden, like, not beholden to, but, like, whose interests it had to take into account. Yep. So sure. I'm not, you know, I'm... It, and also, like, Madison, like, they famously modeled the government on the best bits of all the previous, like, you just imagine James Madison taking notes about, like, every country that has ever had a system of government. Like, not that, though. Not <laughs> emancipation. <laughs> like, <laughs> he kept striking out, the, you know, the, the parts where men are created free. Yeah. Uh, mm, writing yeah, writing, writing in the editorial that's... insertion. Not those men. <laughs> that's not right. Federalism is a two-way street. Which, by the way, is how we get to the declaration that all mm. people are, you know... <laughs> all... Never mind. We'll talk about mm. that another day. Federal officials also had to accept the fact that their powers were limited and that the people in the states retained all powers and rights not constitutionally delegated to the federal government. Now, this is where you get into arguments with the right where they just claim that everything they want to be a state's right is a state's right. And, yeah. and there's just no dealing with them. There's just no discussion uh, outside of that. There's They don't have anything else um, to say on the issue other than that's a state's right. Because yeah. the argument they go to is that the Constitution uh, does uh, list powers of the federal government, right? The powers of Congress, that's Article 1, Section 8. But what they always miss is that the end of Article 1, Section 8 is, quote, to make all laws which shall be necessary and proper for carrying into the execution the foregoing powers, comma, and all, uh, all other powers vested by this Constitution in the United States, you know, blah, 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 blah. All other powers vested by this Constitution. That... That negates their argument that that list of enumerated powers, that's what we call those powers under mm -hmm. uh, Section 8, are the only powers that Congress has. Why would there be a clause that says all other powers vested by this Constitution if the only powers Congress has are the ones in the enumerated clause? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I'm bored of this man. All guy. right. We can get done and move on to another one. We have 13 videos remaining. Which one will you have? Uh... Two. Number two. All right, let's bring up number two. Uh, just a moment here. I have so many tabs open that the, the little computer is really struggling uh, to do things as quickly as I would like it. Uh, number two. Uh, this is, if it will load, ba -ba -ba, that's not it. There. Uh, why is it not? I guess I'm going to have to edit out this pause while I wait for the computer to work. Ah! Mm -hmm. This is a video entitled, Why is Hollywood so woke? Okay. You know? Just so woke! They're sure. so woke! Why are they All so right. woke, Ben? Let's go. Let's, uh, because they... <laughs> because oh. they like cocaine and it's hard to sleep on it. Yep, that's uh, true. <laughs> and this is delivered to us by Christian Toto. Uh, no idea who he is. 
Why does Hollywood lean so far to the left? I'm an entertainment journalist and movie critic, so I get asked this question a lot. If Hollywood... Okay, he's an entertainment journalist, he tells us. Uh, I'm wondering now immediately for what outlet. Who the fuck does TMZ hire right-wing Christian fascists? Who is it? Christian Toto. Um, and best as I can tell, I just searched for him. Uh, he is a Hollywood journalist for the website Hollywood in Toto. Uh, his, oh my God, it is a Christian media Hollywood. It's not, a, it's not about Hollywood. It's definitely not about Hollywood. It's a Christian media website. That's what oh. it is. I just pulled up his website. Uh, top story, industry news. Gutfeld celebrates two-year anniversary with, anniversary with new book and ratings victories. Jesus, I feel like <laughs> that's, it's been, hasn't Gutfeld been on the air for forever? Uh, I, well, not his new show, Gutfeld. Okay. He has, but not the show, Gutfeld. Um, there's a review of a Christian movie, co or I don't know if it's a Christian movie, a movie, co oh, it's the Air Jordan movie, Air, that's what that is. I couldn't figure yeah. out what that was. Um, there's, there's, uh, a movie called Nefarious? That he says bridges the gap between faith and horror. I'm sure it would just be horror to me if I were to watch it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, this is just this guy's personal blog about movies is what yep. this is. But apparently okay, let's go. he gets a PragerU video. So woke. Hollywood reflected America and half of Tinseltown should be as red as it is. Okay, you're not a Hollywood journalist if you call it Tinseltown. Go fuck yeah. yourself. Go we fuck yourself half sideways. of Tinseltown. Like, sorry. Don't try and pretend you know anything about fucking Hollywood and then call yeah. it Tinseltown. Tinseltown. Fuck off. Blue. But that's not remotely the case. Why? Here are five reasons. One. So why is Hollywood not evenly red and blue? Um, well, for one thing, that is not, as they like to pretend, the way that the actual country is split up. Mm -hmm. uh, we are not evenly split between Democrats and Republicans. In mm -hmm. fact, uh, Demo I, I, you know, we use Democrat and Republican as uh, you know, stand-ins for left and right, even though we know that's not accurate. Uh, mm -hmm. But obviously, uh, party affiliation in this country does lean towards Democrat, um, and people who self-identify as left or right overwhelmingly lean to the left uh, by a number of points. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's just not accurate to claim that that would be the case. And then you ask the questions like, why would people who are artistic and deal with abstract content, uh, uh, abstract um, uh, uh, concepts, uh, mm -hmm. things like emotion and ideas and whatnot, why would they lean more to the left? Well, it's it's because they tend to be around people who are are more involved in in deep thought, even mm -hmm. if they themselves are. I don't think that Ben Affleck is personally a very deep thinker. But I think he tends to be around people who might do some deep thinking from time to time. Yeah. Guilt. A-list actors Guilt. are paid incredible amounts of money to play dress-up. They're ridiculously fortunate, and they know it, and they feel guilty about it. That guilt must be assuaged. That and is what? not it. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no. no. Oh, As a matter no. of fact, I would argue that the money, the absolute uh, ridiculous amount of money that movie stars are paid uh, tends to drive them uh, more towards the conservative end of the spectrum. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, and it's, it's uh, in fact, them uh, being able to overcome that, that many of them uh, retain some sort of progressive values. Mm -hmm. What better way to assuage it than to speak up for the less fortunate, the undocumented immigrant, the misunderstood criminal, women, blacks, gays, and the transgender, too. 
Did all of those have scare quotes around them? Yeah. Did blacks have did. scare quotes around them? That's the, the, the way it, it sounded. Yeah, it wasn't good. No. And by God, there's an entire planet to be saved. You can't feel guilty if okay, you're saving them. Mm-hmm. Why is this bad? I don't know. You're just like, oh, these people caring about other people and not wanting the planet to die? Absolutely. Let's dicks. say there is an element, and, and you know, I... I don't know any famous movie stars. Um, I tend not to like people who make an outrageous amount of money. Uh, but let's just say those ones who, oh, oh, please, you and I make decent salaries, but we are nowhere near fucking Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. But let's just say that some of those people, there is an element of them where they do feel like they have a responsibility uh, because they uh, get paid a ridiculous amount of money and have a large platform to do good with the platform that they've been given. Let's just say that that's a thing. You're right. Why is that bad? Yeah, this is the thing. Whenever you have to articulate anti-left-wing talking points, at like, you're like, and they care about other people, <laughs> and they want more <laughs> equality. Disgusting. This is why they just say woke because it doesn't. It means they don't have to enumerate right. the points. Right. Because nuance is deadly to their arguments. By the way, I'm yeah. trying to think of a movie star who I could possibly put into the category of good person. Um, shit. Uh... Doesn't Angelina Jolie like, like do? Oh, she's weird though. She's kind of weird. But I mean, she's never, not, like, I, if you're in Hollywood, you're weird. Like that's. Just, yeah, I'm sorry, general, that's just but I'm the... trying to think of someone like who's just who's just good. Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Good guy. Yeah. I don't know. I can't. I'm not coming up with anybody. I'm, I'm sure. sure. I'm, I'm sure he's done something wrong. Everyone's done something wrong. Uh. Uh. Mm, yep. Humanity. Can you? especially if it means no actual sacrifice on your part. Two, the need for meaning. Tom Holland. Tom Holland is absolutely sure. lily white and blameless. He is sure. perfection. Somewhere along the line. I don't know. He did the Uncharted movie. That was pretty bad. I liked that movie. I thought it was decent. I thought it was, it was, a, it was a fun, mindless It was time. fine, yeah, yeah, as is everything he does. Mm -hmm. So many wholesome ideas went south. The notion that providing entertainment was, in and of itself, valuable lost currency. Not with the public, but with the glitterati. I love the glitterati. glitterati. This guy's talking like a 20s New York Times journalist. Well, I've been over to Tinseltown with the glitterati this evening, and I, let me tell you, You know what it is, woke. really, is that a lot of these phrases are uh, ones that were developed and popularized in right-wing media by talk radio. Yeah. By Rush okay. Limbaugh and those sorts. And they were... They are uh, just catchphrases meant to be thrown out so that the 65-year-old audience gets a chuckle because of the implication that has been uh, developed in them of what that Why is it means. even called Tinseltown? Was there, did there used to be a lot of tinsel in Hollywood? Like, I, what's the... I think that at one time tinsel was fancy, maybe? Okay. I don't know. I'm All actually right. not sure what tinsel is. It's the stuff you put on a tree, like the shiny, like fluffy stuff. I yeah, we'll figure it out later. Like on a Christmas tree, you know? Like the it that goes round and round. I've like that's done, tinsel. I've never done tinsel, so I don't know. Okay. Sure, acting brings money and fame, but not meaning. And meaning is much more important than both. Okay, Especially pause it. Sorry. This guy these motherfuckers want the world to be a better place and their lives to have meaning. How mm. fucking dare they? Wow. Just awful. You can purchase it so inexpensively. All you have to do is say the right things about the right causes. That those causes always happen to be leftist ones is merely a coincidence. I mean, 
objectively right-wing causes are immoral. So, I mean, it wouldn't be surprising. Also, there are conservatives in Hollywood, and they're dicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob Schneider, not out there fighting for anything good. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's not in Hollywood, though, to be fair. No, not anymore. Not for many years. Three, the need to be loved. I, is he going to go into some psychological, they need their mommy's uh, love bullshit? Is that what's going to happen right now? Possibly, yeah. Everyone wants to be loved and admired, but most actors live to be loved and admired. Success for an actor is being adored by strangers. When stars rail against border enforcement, pro-lifers, or a certain real estate mogul, and still get fawning press coverage, that's even more love and admiration. And there's a bonus. You get to be told how courageous you are for speaking out. A rant about guns, and Oscar night becomes a powerful statement. It doesn't get better than that. Speaking of Oscars, if you have any hope of winning an award, and who doesn't want awards? That ambition goes out the window if you're suspected of being on the wrong side of the political aisle. You know, yeah, famously, Clinton's Eastwood never won any awards. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, the, the only reason, the only reason why Ben Shapiro's uh, weird school shooting movie didn't win an Oscar is just because the Academy is so repressing, rep- repressive of right-wing ideas. That's really what it's all about. Not that that was a uh, really cheaply made and creepy, weird uh, fantasy for middle-aged men who think that they could have stopped a school shooting if they were right. in one, even though they would have just ran or been victims. Mm-hmm. All right, last one. Four. Career. You, you want to skip this one? Okay. Skip that one. I mean, and this is the last good, one? No, How, uh, well, I mean, we can do one more. Let's do okay. one more video. No, that's what I mean. One more now. Yeah. All right. One more video. So that brings us down to, God, I haven't counted. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve videos left. Which one will you Okay. Let's do number ten. Number ten. That is um, the Constitution, limited powers of Congress. We're no, to- <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not doing that. Oh, you're number- changing your pick? Yeah, num- there are plenty. No, I'm not doing another Constitution one. Uh, number two. Number two. Number two is why Americans are buying guns. Okay. Yeah, this is delivered. Because they like guns is the answer. Yeah, that's the answer. Delivered to us by Jason Riley. That's who brings us this one. And uh, here we go. The issue we face is one of conscience and common sense. So said President Joe Biden in a primetime plea for more Second Amendment restrictions. The Mm. president is right on both counts, just not in the way that he and other gun control enthusiasts imagine. This is after another shooting. This one, let's see, when did it come out? Uh, September 5th, 2022. Let's just find out which shooting this was immediately. Evalde, presumably. Uh, Yes, U.S. school shootings... Uh, 2022. It's bad that we have to Google this. Yeah, I, which school is. shooting? I think it's Evalde. Um, let's see. Ba, 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 ba. May 5th, another shooting. Isn't there like a Wikipedia list? Um, school. Probably. I know oh, Evalde was in May. Let's see. List of school shootings in the United States. Here we go. That's Jesus. Right. There are two lists before 2000 and after 2000. Right. This we That's before the before the assault weapons ban, so Benedict, we live in a bad country. I don't know. We do, yeah. But we live in a bad country. so let's see. Wow, the list for this year is already very long. Upsettingly long. Upsettingly long. So let's see, I said this was September fifth, twenty twenty two. Uh let's see. Dover, Delaware was on September third. 
uh, Oakland, California, August 29th. Bismarck, North Dakota, August 25th. Oh, da, 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 da. Little Rock, Arkansas, June 8th. Bah, bah, bah. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Uh, Uvalde yep. was in May. It's all over the place. I, mm-hmm. I don't know why I assumed there would just be one. Um, yeah. it's, it's all of them. Many Americans have noticed that cities where shootings occur almost daily also have some of the strictest gun laws. Oh my God. God I hate this argument. argument. I, this is the, honestly, this is the one that winds me up the most. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, you know how uh, long the drive is from where I live in Missouri, uh, where I can walk into a gun short store right now, hand over cash and walk out the door with a gun to Chicago. Not very far. It's nah. about four hours. No, that's, that's exactly it. And that's why people will literally buy down here, come down here and buy a bunch of guns and bring them up to Chicago. Yeah. Because that's what they do. Yeah. They come from the red states where there are no gun laws. Jesus. I mean, this is something that the, the you know, fucking Second Amendment dipshits I, uh, that I argue with uh, always piss me off with. It's where do you think the guns that are used in the, the crime shootings, whatever you want mm-hmm. to call them, where do you think they come from? Mm-hmm. Where do they think they come from? Yeah. And I've heard they don't some people. magic them out of thin air in Chicago. Like well, Some of them have just never thought about it. They just yeah. think, well, you know, uh, if you make it illegal for people to get guns, then, you know, criminals are still going to be able to get illegal guns. Where do you think those illegal, quote unquote, illegal guns come from? There's two main places, I'll tell you. They are either stolen from people who bought them legally, or they are purchased through what are called straw man buyers. People who go to the gun store and buy them on behalf of people who want to use guns illegally and then sell them on to the end user who uses them for whatever they're going to end up using them for. That's those are the two ways where most of these crime guns come from. These mm-hmm. illegal guns. And it's Jesus. If you don't it's see how dumb. reducing no, no, the availability Kevin, of guns helps solve that problem, it, it you're a dipshit. It's extremely dumb. <laughs> it's extremely dumb. There isn't an illegal gun factory on the west side of Chicago that's just pumping them out the door. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. Nope. They're not coming in. Here's a fun fact for these people. Most of the guns used in crimes in Mexico come from the United States. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. They're not flying up across the border from Mexico to the United States. It's the other way around, baby. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Using common sense, they concluded that more gun control legislation isn't the solution. Because criminals, by definition, don't respect laws. Yeah, he's just making that dumb argument. He's making that dumb argument. They're just going to keep getting their criminal guns, which... The other one that annoys me is that when they they also are like... When, when you say, okay, well, we should just decriminalize all drugs then. And then like, ah, no, because then more people have drugs. Well, no shit, dickhead. Then, okay, so you're telling I me... I actually do think we should decriminalize you're telling drugs, me that but that's fine. I do. I, I agree with you on that. But it is the, the fun argument that you get into with them. Oh, so you think that criminalizing drugs works, but criminalizing guns doesn't. Yeah. That... that and, and here's the thing. There's a tension in me, because I understand there are many people on our side of this who want guns for self-protection, for reasonable mm-hmm. reasonable Fairly, fair, yeah. People who legitimately have a need to, to if protect they want themselves... One. If they, if want, they want one. one. You know, it's yeah. the same thing about me in college. Everyone should yeah. be able to go if they want to. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Not everyone um, wants one, but that's fine. But but on, on a real level, um, they're, 
we legitimately do need uh, uh, to reduce the amount of guns that are in this country. It mm. is a cause of death and disorder and uh, mayhem. Uh, you know, even if we get beyond the idea of crime as relates to guns and we just go to suicides uh, by guns, uh, the easy availability of guns in this country is a plague. It's an absolute mm-hmm. plague uh, that needs to be addressed. Pause. And I say this, and I've mentioned this before, as someone who owns a gun, I mm-hmm. own a shotgun. It's at home in California in my parents' basement locked up mm-hmm. because I didn't bring it with me to college, obviously, but I do own one. Many of the same people find it unconscionable that politicians would make it more difficult for law-abiding residents to arm themselves for protection. Men- no one arms themselves for... for the, the, I, I said, right, obviously there are some people who need protection, who are at, at risk, at, in danger. Some t- there are some circumstances in which I see, yeah, it makes sense to have a gun. Mm-hmm. When, when people are being threatened. Uh, when people deal in something that is dangerous, where people, you know... If you're driving a Brinks truck, maybe it makes mm-hmm. sense to have a gun. But overwhelmingly, guns are not used for personal protection. They just aren't. That's no. just not how they are used in the real world. Many of these law-abiding citizens happen to be black. It's worth noting that the past two landmark Supreme Court rulings on gun control were brought by black plaintiffs who simply wanted to defend their homes and their families. Moreover, they hailed from cities controlled by progressives who have done a poor job of protecting low-income minorities from criminals. Mm. In a 2000... I I love it. This always happens, where criminals are addressed as a class of people. Yeah, well, also the other thing... Criminal is an inherent characteristic. The the other thing, and I saw this meme floating around on Twitter the other day, is like, because Gavin Newsom put something out being like, hey, actually, crime in red states is worse than blue states, generally. Mm -hmm. And then someone posted, like, a list of the top 15 crime cities in which crime occurs or whatever and like guess which party controls most of these yeah because democrats control every city yeah because that's just how it works because when you cluster people together they tend to vote democrat because they understand what it's like to live in a society right we've talked about it before and i think like the largest uh republican controlled city is like jacksonville it is jacksonville yeah Yeah, i think we've, we've gone over that before 2008 case district of columbia v heller the court affirmed that the Second Amendment right to bear arms is an individual right. It did not affirm that. It found for the first mm. time that the Second Amendment was an individual right. Get it right. And that you don't need to be part of a militia to exercise it. One of the initial plaintiffs was Shelley Parker, a black computer software designer who decided to challenge the district's handgun ban in court after a neighborhood drug dealer tried to break into her home one evening and threatened to kill her. What I want is simply to be able to own a handgun in my home, in the confines of the walls of my home. Nothing else. She okay, told so what about, what about assault weapons? What about automatic weapons? What about semi-automatic weapons? Even beyond the handgun thing, which, like, I, I can kind of get on board with handguns, potentially. I, you know, they are the, the leading cause of, of uh, death. Uh, so I, I am less on board with that. Um, more on board with things like shotguns. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Where I stand. Sure. But yeah. Yeah, fine. No public radio. Two years later, in McDonald v. Chicago, the high court expanded on the Heller case. The lead plaintiff was Otis McDonald, a black Chicago retiree who okay. wanted to own a handgun for protection from the gangs that terrorized his low-income neighborhood. 
It's well known that gun sales have surged in recent years, but less. Yeah, that's well. Why known. do you think that is? I, yeah, as crime has generally dropped, as so. as every Republican has screamed through every medium they have available mm-hmm. to them that he or they or whatever are coming for your guns. Mm-hmm. He being Barack Obama. Barack Obama, yeah. yeah, a black man. Less well known is that blacks have led the trend. I do not believe that. I, 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 I'll say that I know nothing about the statistics on this, but I do not believe that. Just do not, period. We'll see. Let's see what he says. Retailers in a survey conducted by the National Shooting Sports Foundation. So a survey of retailers. Yeah. So this is not a study. It is, it is not even a poll. It mm-hmm. is a survey of retailers who belong to this specific foundation, uh, this specific organization. Yeah, I don't think that's entirely accurate. No. A trade group reported that they sold 58% more guns to black customers in the first half of 2020 than a year earlier. That doesn't even mean what he claimed it meant. No. He claimed it meant that black customers are leading the growth in gun sales. That's just them saying that they had an increase in black customers. It says nothing about what proportion of their customers that is. No. The highest increase for any racial or ethnic group. Personal safety tops the list of why people decide to buy a firearm. In a 2021 Gallup survey, 88% of respondents said they own a gun for protection against crime. Yeah, people saying why they think they want their gun yeah. is not why they actually have their gun. Well, also, the other thing is, like, if the person you're scared of has a gun, then you have to have a gun. Because there's a, literally a whole, like, fucking parable about it, bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's yeah. the fucking arms race, man. It's bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the thing that people say that you shouldn't do because you're going to lose. And like. You know, it- if we were able to reduce those people who you're afraid of having guns, then you would have less need for a gun. Yeah. That's just straight up fact. I think, I think I'm, I'm just, I'm done. Uh, my yeah, blood pressure is getting high and I'm sick. Yeah. No, video. I get you. Yeah. Uh, I think we're about done for the day. Benedict. Yep. Uh, I had a little bit of fun. I hope you did too. I hope all the listeners enjoyed. Sorry that we are deviating from the normal programming, but like I said, uh, even we deserve a vacation every now and then. So thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash MYGBC and become a patron for as little as $5. $5. You can $1. pay five if you want. Yeah, $5 an episode. That's the minimum. Don't worry yep, about it. Yep, $1 an episode for patron-only bonuses, early release of our episodes, and more. As always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons, Lauren S. I love it when Jordan yells out, Thank you very much! I'm sorry, NYGBC, the KF backlog is nuts! Little Flick, Flack Weasel, Kieran Dackler. Join us next week when our guest will be three Ben Shapiros in a trench coat trying to find out what it's like to be... Okay, this one got too long, so it got cut off. I I, let's see. say to be a, a real boy or to be tall or to be over six foot two or, you know, any of it those. It cut off at A-U-T-H, so I think it's author. I think it's what it's like to be a real author. I think no, where it was going. Uh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, Henry Lewis King Jr., Sarah Wolf, Aaron Burke, Megan Dooley, Gloria Scott, Clifton Stuckey, Pause, A Restless Native, A Baby, Wah, Veronica Forker, Melissa C., George Saulnier, Stefan, Shark Belly, Utah Outcast, Brent Lee, Dave Barwick, Chris Palmer, Bad Bible Stitches, Mockingbird Nation, Bacaw, Benjamin Carlisle, Dexter, Allison, Megan Ruth, Glowrung the Deceiver. Big Easy Blast Me, Jay Reynolds, Stephen, and Cindy Dimmick, Taru Takanan, and Balls Watterson. Thank you all, as always, for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Till next time. Huh. <laughs>
Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.